On podcast 1753, Tesla's price parity, the US-built Genesis and Ford's Turkish EV battery plan. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 22nd of February, with Martin Lee going through every EV story in the last 24 hours and whittling it down to what you need to know to save you time. We'll start with news about Hyundai's new plant in Montgomery. Well, their existing plant in Montgomery has been retooled, now making EVs, and just rolled out its first electric vehicle. Its uh, big ceremony was held for the first GV70. Now, Genesis called it the electrified GV70, which makes it sound like it's a hybrid or some sort of... You know, smoke and mirrors. It's fully electric. Just call it the electric GV70. Anyway, Genesis. Um, it was introduced this morning at Hyundai Motor Manufacturing Alabama, HMMA. The first Genesis model assembled outside of South Korea, actually. Uh, the celebration today comes 10 months after Hyundai, the parent company, the group of which Genesis is part of, announced they'd build the electric GV70 and build a hybrid version of the Santa Fe at Montgomery. Talking of Genesis, the Genesis GV70 is the first group vehicle to qualify for the $7,500 federal EV tax credit. It's under the new Inflation Reduction Act. Now, the Korean car maker, because it was stung by those incentive packages announced by the Biden administration, said that those new tax rules were really unfair. But of course, that's because they're importing so many Hyundai Arnic 5s and Kia EV6s. The Genesis GV70, built on US soil, therefore gets for now at least, the full federal tax credit. Comes in two trims, the Advanced and the Prestige, either $67,000 or $74,000. A crossover must be less than $80,000 to qualify for the new federal tax credit. Uh, But also, there is a battery component part of that where the battery uh, minerals and materials can't be sourced or processed uh, apart from in the US or countries with a trade agreement. However, that piece of the legislation has been kicked down the road for now to be determined of the details of the batteries going in the Genesis and the supply of those critical minerals and materials. Clarification will probably come sometime next month in March, we think. But what an absolute shower that is. The US government just didn't get it done by the end of the year. Like, well, we'll give ourselves three more months so everyone can have the $7,500 because it's meant to be split in two, meant to be three and a half. um, Or, you know, not quite that, but... um, and then there's a, sl- a sliding scale. It's fabulously complicated. And, of course, then there's the income rules as well. So if you're buying one of these vehicles that cost $70,000, chances are you might still earn too much money anyway to get any of the incentives. I don't disagree with that, by the way. I think we need to help the people that most need help. Let's stay with that company, though, and Hyundai. And the Arnic 6 is rolling out in the US. The Arnic 6 will be available in three trims. Uh, the SE, the SEL, and the Limited. You can either get... So in those three trims, then you decide do you want rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. And then with that, you need to say, do I want the little battery or the big battery? So... <sighs> Perhaps a little bit uh, too complicated in the configurator. Drivers will be treated to a battery heater in the uh, Hyundai Ioniq 6, as well as the 800-volt architecture, so charging at 
Very fast speeds. They once again give that 10 to 80% uh, time in just 18 minutes. So if you want an Ionic 6, what do you got to lay down to get in one of those? Well, the base model starts at 42,715. Really good price. For 42,715, you get 240 miles of range. You get the standard 18-inch wheels. You get a rear motor. So rear wheel drive, single motor vehicle. 42, maybe $43,000. Great price for that. Uh, for $46,000, you get the same vehicle with the big battery. So I think I'd be tempted, if you can squeeze the extra four in your budget, you get 361 miles of range, EPA range, which is just brilliant. But if you live in a colder climate, you might want all-wheel drive, then you're going to be spending 50 grand to get the base all-wheel drive. You want the SEL spec, well, then you're going to be spending $57,000 for the all-wheel drive. And because you're going dual motor, you're going to get less range, so 270 miles of range to go all-wheel drive. You know, I don't live anywhere cold enough. We get a week of snow a year. So it for me, single motor is always the way to go. If it's a big difference like this in terms of the mileage that you're going to get, not just another 10 or 20 miles, but on a, the official range, the difference by going all-wheel drive between 270 miles of range and 361 it's a huge difference. And so is that going to be reflected in real-world driving? It seems a massive, almost 100 miles difference by adding the front motor. That seems kind of strange. It's going to be a little bit heavier. Okay, I get that. But still, Hyundai Arnic 6, why is it so different for the all-wheel drive version? I'm going to keep an eye on that one because I don't quite like those figures. However, I do quite like the next vehicle we'll talk about, and this is the Radar rd6 it's an, a, a pickup truck it's an all-electric pickup truck and you probably can't buy it because it's just gone on sale today in china we heard about it not so long ago sometime last year and such is the speed at which china works it can be a few months ago hey we're going to launch a new brand it's called radar this is geely by the way owners of volvo polestar etc We'll launch a new company called Radar. And then, today, held an event in Shenzhen in China uh, to mark the beginning of their deliveries of the RD6. It's a fully electric pickup truck. Uh, the brand only came out last year. We found out it's going to be three batteries, 63, 86, or 100 kilowatt hours, uh, rear-wheel drive, 200 kilowatt electric motor. So not the most powerful, not the most utilitarian pickup truck. Trucks aren't really a big deal in China anyway, in the car market, the truck market there. Uh, it's got vehicle to load, very, very useful. You can get external power at 220 volts. Not sure what the kilowatt load is, I think, because uh, we, I think the, the, the Korean cars um, over here, the Hyundais and Kias, I think that spits out 230 or 240 volts, but about three and a half kilowatts, which is chunky. Either way, it's a you know single motor pickup truck, so it's not going to be used for the most demanding off-road uh, work. So maybe some light duty stuff on that. But either way, uh, I haven't got the 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 US equivalent price on that. But really interesting to see. Now let's talk about. Tesla. We're going to talk in a minute about one of our headline stories about uh, price parity with other cars. But first of all, a bit of news on Germany, because maybe I've got some egg on my face with this one. Some stories came out many weeks ago, which is they're dialing the whole point of having gigafactories around the world 
Elon Musk's grand vision, which makes sense, was you, the idea that in the US they messed it up a little bit. They made the batteries in Nevada, the cars in California, they were shipping batteries across the country. And he said, look, every future Gigafactory will make the batteries next to where we make the cars. It's bonkers not to do that. Um, and we all thought, yes, that makes sense, Mr. Musk. And so... I was surprised because they've built the battery buildings in Germany as part of the new Gigafactory when these stories came out recently to say they won't be using them. And I thought, well, that's probably some Tesla haters online spreading some news. It turns out that story actually had some legs. Tesla had begun assembling batteries in Germany, but they're going to move their focus of cell production to the U.S. in light of the Inflation Reduction Act, because, of course, as you know, the things have to be made on U.S. soil now. And so Germany has been left scratching their heads. They were preparing to produce cell components, things like electrodes. And they might still do that in Germany, but then they'll be shipped to the U.S. And they've still got, obviously, they've got a big German site anyway. Tesla had that for years and years, even before the Gigafactory when they bought the old engineering company called Groman. So they've been used to shipping stuff from Germany all around the world. But either way, I'm very surprised on that story. I, I did say at the time I didn't believe it. This was a few weeks ago. Uh, I didn't think that was, was true. Surely they were going to make some batteries in Germany because they've built the darn building, the extra building on the new bit of land to add. Well, maybe they will one day, but not for now. Tesla withdrew their ap application for a billion euros in German state aid for batteries and Elon Musk tweeted, all subsidies should be eliminated. Um, he's making the most of the US subsidies though, isn't he? So anyway, all subsidies should be eliminated, tweeted Elon Musk, apart from the ones we benefit from. But apart from that, pretend he didn't say it. Uh, the car maker uh, still has an op open application for regional funding uh, in Germany, and a spokesperson for the German Economy Ministry said that they were, and I quote, working on clearing up the reasons behind Tesla's decision. Uh, Brandenburg's Economy Ministry uh, said that to its knowledge, the change, of course, doesn't impact the jobs. Well, of course, it must do, because if they're not making the batteries in Germany... They won't need the people to make the batteries. So that's a strange thing. Anyway, let's get on to the more important news. This is uh, a story by Tom Randall for Bloomberg. Tesla's Model 3 now sells for $4,930 less than the average new vehicle sold in the US. It's the cheapest Tesla's ever sold relative to a typical US vehicle. It's a similar story for Tesla's more expensive Model Y, which started off the year with a $13,000 price drop. Even before the cuts, it was the third best-selling SUV in the US last year of any fuel type. At the same time, prices of combustion vehicles have been getting more expensive. The average cost of a new vehicle has risen $10,000 since the start of the pandemic. It's now $47,920. If you're interested in what the average, the average, the mean average cost of a vehicle is, $47,920. A Tesla's Cheapest Model 3 starts at $42,990. Add the $7,500 tax credit as well. And if you look at the people who qualify, that brings the price down to $35,500 if you don't live in certain states. $12,500 less. The upfront sticker price, if you ignore cost savings over the life of the vehicle, is $800 less than the equivalent BMW 3 Series. And if you look at the lease payments, a Model 3, now that's got the $7,500 federal tax credit, a Model 3 has the same monthly payment as an entry-level Toyota Camry on lease terms. 
An entry-level Camry. Uh, Bloomberg has reported that Tesla is retooling their Model 3 production lines for a bit of a facelift on that vehicle. And Teslarati reports that when you look at certain states, like go to California, for instance, and it gets even better because of the clean vehicle rebate project. And uh, they bring the price down to 26790 Hold on. Hold on. The base price of the Model 3 is 42990 $7,500 federal tax credit and the CVRP is $31,000, not $26,790. What they're doing there is rolling in what Tesla call potential savings. I hate that Tesla do this. Now, they've, they've actually stopped it on their UK website. So when you go to the site, the, the price you see is the price you pay. For a long time over here, they were just putting this price on screen, which is like, this is the price we think it'll be with with gas savings, with petrol savings. And I'm like, don't pull smoke and mirrors on me. Don't try and do that. I can work out the cost. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's still $31,000 for a new Model 3 in California. <laughs> wow! That is an amazing price. I know it's expensive, but wow. On a lease, the same price as an, a base Camry? Come on! What are you going to buy? Go electric. All right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk about Ford's Mustang. Mac E getting some new batteries. And Stellantis had an amazing year, thanks to EVs. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Okay, let's talk about Ford and LG with a new Turkish battery plant announcing today a uh, an agreement to form a new joint venture to make batteries in Turkey. They are working with the company... It's K-O-C, but the C has a symbol underneath it. Now, it's Turkish, so I, 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 I don't think I pronounce it cock. I think it would be kosh or kosh. I think it's a family business. I don't know a huge amount about them. Um, but it's probably not cock. Anyway, uh, the project is on track. K-O-C, kosh? Kosh. Turkish listeners, please correct me. Um, the project is on track to do groundbreaking this year. Batteries get made in 2026. Potential expansion to 45 gigawatt hours a year, starting with 25 gigawatt hours, which is still huge. That's like 400,000 vehicles every single year. Batteries coming out of this Turkish factory. Of course, we can't mention Turkey without the, the uh, a mention of the earthquakes which have happened there and the horrific personal suffering that uh, the Turkish people are going through right now. Hopefully, this investment in the automotive industry there would bring lots of good, well-paying jobs to that country, which has to be a good thing. Ford and Koch, Koch have a big relationship, been going back uh, almost a century, uh, and the successful Ford Otisan joint venture was established 60 years ago, I think. Uh, LG, on their part, have manufacturing in Korea, US, China, Poland, Indonesia, Canada, adding Turkey uh, to the mix as well for those batteries. And where do those batteries go? We don't know yet, but we do know for now the Ford Mustang Mach-E gets its LFP batteries, that's lithium-ion phosphate, this year in Europe. The first model to get the LFP batteries that Ford will be putting in their vehicles is the European Mach-E and... They haven't said where they're coming from, given that Ford just announced a $3.5 billion deal with CATL. It's probably CATL, especially as CATL make a ton of LFP batteries. They're not replacing entirely the old nickel, cobalt and manganese chemistry. They're going to offer them in parallel in different markets. Ford says it allows customers the power of choice. They're not going to let you choose which one you get, though, are, you? are they? You're not going to go to the Ford configurator in Europe for your Mac-E and say, oh, which battery do you want? Unless they are, which would be 
they wouldn't do that. Uh, but uh, the LFP batteries will bring down prices, do reduce reliance on cobalt and critical miner- minerals like uh, nickel, uh, which will help as well. I mentioned that Stellantis had a mega year in 2022, a record year financially driven by their EVs, booking huge records for 2022. And it was a boost in EVs in the US and Europe that contributed to that. Uh, They are planning for 100% of their passenger cars in Europe and 50% of uh, light duty trucks and passengers in the US to be EV by the end of the decade. Starting 2026, everything new will be pure EV. 41% increase in global pure battery electric sales for Stellantis. Uh, 288,000 vehicles sold last year. Global BEV target is going to be 5 million a year by the end of the year. There's 23 vehicles in their BEV portfolio at Stellantis. That'll be 75 by the end of the decade. And there's five confirmed locations for the Gigafactories. There's three going to be in Europe and two in North America uh, with their battery partners. Uh, The top EV in Italy was the Fiat 500 EV, the third most sold EV in the big 10 major European car markets in 2022, even displacing, dethroning uh, Tesla uh, for the first time since 2020. NIO, the Chinese company NIO, will start building two new production facilities. This is enormous news for each of their two planned subsidiaries. One of them of their subsidiaries is going to be a brand aimed at exporting everything to Europe. Prices between 14 and 27,000 US dollars equivalent. So smaller European cars from NEO, built in China and exported to Western Europe. An enormous bit of news today that is already 17 minutes into the podcast. Such is so much brilliant EV news happening. Toyota, my best friends, are starting EV production, they say, in 2025. They think that they are going to make some EVs in Kentucky. According to the website Nikkei, uh, the Japanese automaker will update an existing factory to try and make EVs alongside their combustion versions, uh, together with a battery plant in North Carolina around the same time. The the world's biggest car maker made just 24,000 EVs last year. Tesla, oh, 1.3 million. Come on, Toyota. So they say, though, there's new management in charge. They now love EVs, apparently, at Toyota. After 10 years of spending an unthinkable amount of money complaining about EVs, telling you you're an idiot if you drive an EV, that hybrids are better, that they've invented a magical technology called self-charging. They've now decided, no, 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 our new thing is electric. Ah, We'll wait and see what they do. Uh, The food chain Subway want to create an oasis for EV drivers. They're going to create some charging stations, add picnic tables, Wi-Fi, and even playgrounds to Subway takeaway and drive-through areas. Um, They're opening smaller, fast-charging EV stations at some of their remodeled restaurants already this year. EV customers could also get the added perk of receiving discounts if you charge your car, because, you know, spend some money on charging, get some money off your food as well. The... Formula One team supercar maker McLaren have patented a new triple motor powertrain. Again, McLaren, Ferrari for years saying, oh, we're not going to go EV. No one wants to drive electric vehicles. And yet in the background, they're patenting EV technology. Read the tea leaves where they're going, because sooner or later, McLaren are going to come out like Ferrari, like everyone, and go, we've had an idea. We're going to make electric vehicles, you know. They're not too bad. So, read the tea leaves, 
try and get a hint on what these companies are doing. Um, this triple motor powertrain is a rear axle drive unit consisting of a differential with three electric motors. The primary motor on the differential's input, two more at the outputs where the axle shafts exit and connect the diff to the rear wheels, and the housing for the motors and the gears made of aluminium or magnesium to save weight, writes uh, the Motor Authority website. They say McLaren claims the three-motor system allows for fine control of power delivery and regen braking, working also with supercapacitors and even on three-wheeled vehicles. The world's largest battery recycler is next in the news. According to the Electric website, EcoBat are building their first lithium-ion battery recycling facility in North America, the third lithium-ion battery recycling facility in the world. They've got 12 smelting facilities. They've got three lithium-focused facilities. They've got 65,000 battery collection points. They re- they recycle lead-acid batteries a lot, but getting into lithium, the facility in Arizona uh, will produce around 10,000 tonnes of recycled material annually. So next time you're having an argument with your crazy uncle on Facebook who tells you that EVs are bad because the batteries last five minutes and go to landfill, or the next time you're talking to someone in the pub uh, that says, oh, you've got to replace the batteries every five minutes and go landfill, don't they? EVs load of old rubbish! You can point out, if you want to have an argument with an idiot, um, that actually no EV battery ever gets wasted and they will be... That's just too valuable. They'll be recycled, reused, second, third life storage. I mean, you could talk about second life storage with these mouth breathers, but they wouldn't understand what you're saying, so best avoid. Now, a new report saying owning an EV in Europe is cheaper than you think, according to research, uh, the World Economic Forum, quoting some research here from Lease Plan a sponsor of this podcast, you may know, uh, suggests that owning and running an EV in Europe is very affordable and still the total, total cost of ownership is still less than petrol or diesel, even with the recent rise of energy prices. Lease plan focused on categories of cars in 22 European countries and averaged the costs over the first four years of a lease. The researchers say that ownership costs like energy, tax, insurance, maintenance and depreciation were all considered and despite recent rises in home energy prices, prices, it's still significantly lower for EVs to be run than petrol or diesel. Fuel represents 15% of the overall total cost of ownership in EV, EV, uh, while it's 28% for combustion. Nuve is a company we've interviewed before on this podcast. Uh, They're all about vehicle-to-grid when I spoke to them, uh, but now they are helping big charging companies do frequency regulation. Let me explain. They're working with 40 megawatts of chargers in Norway and Denmark. The company's partnered with Circle K. Nuve combine all those EV chargers and some stationary battery storage to provide grid services. So Nuve control all of the Circle K chargers, made by Alpatronic. They're the hyperchargers. Ooh, I love them. Ooh, the hyperchargers. Delightful. And also some, some stationary storage on the grid as well. They can respond to market signals. So when the grid says, oh, we need some more or less electricity, some micro adjustments, they can do that using EV charging and storage. It's called frequency response, and it's another way that going EV actually makes the grid better, not worse. Oshkosh, the Defence Corporation, is going green, and they announced they've made their first fully integrated, ground-up, designed, all-electric uh, refuse collection vehicle. I call it the bin lorry, but either way, uh, the electric refuse collector has a a lithium-ion 
system, uh, all electric uh, drive on that, and so purely zero emissions to minimise the noise and also uh, the impact on communities. And finally, uh, the Cape Town EPRI organisers say, hey, it's all going to be fine. The city of Cape Town has given event organisers for Formula E the assurance that charging the vehicles will not be a problem this weekend. Uh, the race promoter has 28 generators as a backup plan. The energy demands when Formula E hits a town or a city are very high, but can normally be coped with. But it's a country that's experiencing an energy crisis right now. According to the organisers, uh, the city of Cape Town have made provisions for what they call stage six load shedding. And I don't know what that is, uh, but they're, they're prepared for it. So it's interesting. And they've done that, I imagine, probably some biogas or something. but uh, Or maybe just dirty diesel. We don't know. The generators are in place. But I thought it was an interesting story that when Formula E hits town, there's so much to think about. Hey, it was a biggie today. But there was lots going on in the last 24 hours. That's your podcast for today. Thank you to everyone who's been so patient on Patreon as I've had to take some time off. I've explained that to our patrons uh, with a post there for everyone who supports the show. Um, you can support the show via Patreon if you get any value. If, you, if I save you time, if you're interested in what we've talked about on this this show today, you can uh, check out it's uh, the Patreon site, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily or evnewsdaily.com. All the links are on my website. And if it's any use to you and you want to thank the show you can do that five or ten dollars or more per month but i've had to have a little time away recently um not for entirely good reasons uh, but i've explained that to our patrons online uh, very personal reasons and so uh thank you thank you for your patience uh thank you to our premium partners phil roberts of electric future brad crosby porsche of the village of cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley's ev review island youtube channel richard at rscv.co.uk buying and selling evs in the uk octopus electric universe i've been using them so much lately global public charging it's so simple use the app you tap your card i've still got the old card with the old name on but it still works and it's so easy at milbrookcottages.co.uk five-star luxury self-catering cottages in devon we've just been down there for a much-needed break lovely to see the family down there and uh, it's an amazing place to check out the website and lease plan electric moments you know they provide all the tools and guidance that ev drivers need have a good and see tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid